0: Welcome back to the Parrot Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra, and we are here today with episode five. I'm so excited for this one. It's been a little bit of a delay since the last episode because I was in Italy for a few days. And then when I got back, things were super crazy, super hectic, super busy. Plus, my family was visiting and they were going back home. So it was all the goodbyes and all that stuff. Catching up, cleaning, laundry, and then I got sick. So you can probably hear it in my voice. And I've never been sick in the summer, like in June before. So this is something new for me. And it's very weird to be sick in the summertime. But um, I thought that today's topic could be answering a bunch of common questions that I've been getting recently, either through YouTube, email, or Instagram. So I've put a list together here, and I'm going to go one by one and answer them for you. So the first really common question that I've been getting lately, and that's maybe because Mia has become a lot more popular and that is what type of conure is Mia? So Mia is chilling over here with me. She is a turquoise, yellow-sided, green-cheek conure. So there's lots of different types of green cheeks, and her specific mutation, or whatever you want to call it, is a turquoise yellow sided so she has turquoise blue green wings and even like the tips of some of her feathers and then on her belly she's got a lot of yellow and this like beige color and she's got a little bit of a peach belly too which is so cute and then she does have gray feathers as well but her turquoise blue feathers when they shine in the sun They are just majestic AF, and I am obsessed with her colors, and it looks like everybody else is too. Next question, how old is Mango? So Mango is going to be four end of July. Actually, in a month from now, he's going to be turning four years old. He is in Thailand. He's doing well. I also get asked for updates on Mango all of the time. Um, We keep in touch with our friends who care for him and have adopted him. And I've mentioned over and over again that as much as I wish that he could come with us and be in Europe with us, it's just at this point a lot better for him and for his safety and for his health and his happiness to stay where he is. He's really just gotten used to our friends. He's lived with them now for two years. So I think that it would be really hard on him for us to then create this change again and remove him from them when he's been with them for so long now. So actually it hasn't been two years, maybe a year and a half, maybe two years, something like that. Um, And the other thing is that I didn't know this before, and that's why I always say that research is so important because I had no idea the stress and how many birds end up dying going in cargo. And so with where he is on the CITES document, he could only travel in cargo from Thailand to Europe with the owner on the flight in Cabin. So from my understanding, that's the only way for us to bring him. And that means that he might be so stressed or have like a heart complication where by the time we would land in Poland, he would be dead. So I could not take that chance and I could not like forgive myself for something like that. So I rather him stay in Thailand and be happy and healthy than put his health at risk and yeah basically bring him here and that would also mean doing the paperwork all over again again and it takes a long time months and we've already gone through the entire process twice so it would be the third time but like I said I've really thought through this and for me like if there was some kind of magical miraculous possibility like Oprah was like Sandra, no problem. I'm going to take you on my private jet with Mango. We're going to get everything sorted and we're just going to fly straight to Poland and he's going to be fine and he's going to be in cabin with you. Then, yes, yes, I would jump on that opportunity as long as our friends would agree, of course, because they've also fallen in love with him. There is another reel that I did where it goes something like chicken wing, chicken wing, chicken wing, chicken wing. And each scene is a video of Mia putting her wings up really tightly, like she's kind of like shrugging her shoulders. And sometimes I get asked what that means. I've tried to research it myself, and I have noticed by Mia that sometimes she's trying to be flirty and it's kind of like a flirty bird thing. Other times she's being welcoming and she's kind of like, welcome, or she's happy. But Sometimes I notice that it's kind of like a borderline anger, like she's upset with something or she could get angry with something. So she's trying to show me, look how big I can get. I can get bigger. Don't you test me because I will show you that I'm bigger. So that's the things that I think that it means and that I've researched. But if you know exactly what it means, then please let me know because I would love to know and share that with everybody. Next question: Will we ever get Mango back any updates on Mango? So I talked a little bit about Mango and explained that whole thing. Um why do birds get triggered by certain objects or sounds and get aggressive or bite? This is a good question and something that I need to research more in detail. But from my current understanding is when they hear certain sounds or they see certain objects, they just have this instinctive reaction. They just have this like nature instinct to react to it that this is something bad or something that they need to defend themselves against or a sound that is unpleasing or reminds them of some kind of threat. And this is why they react in a negative way and they get aggressive or bite next common question. And this is so common. I've done blogs and a podcast and videos and answered DMs and emails. And the same question keeps coming and coming. So I will answer it again in this podcast. What do I do? My birds don't want anything to do with me. My birds are mean. They don't like anyone but me. My bird is biting me, being mean and bullying me. So these are common, different things that people say to me, and I just kind of bunched it up and mushed it into one. But biting and aggression is usually from a bad diet and improper handling. And a lot of times, I know that we don't want to hear this, but when our birds are biting, sometimes it's like an instinctive thing because, like I mentioned earlier, they see or hear something that they perceive as a threat or they're hormonal and you know, it's just something that happens when they're hormonal. So there's lots of different instances where it can just happen like a one-off here and there. And it happens with Mia too sometimes. But if your bird is constantly biting and you don't have a harmonious relationship with them, you need to look at their diet because diet plays a huge impact on our birds and their health and their well being and their moods and their behaviors and all these different things. So, I talk about diet a lot. I have a whole playlist on YouTube that's full of free information. I also have an ebook that you can purchase for only $15. That is also packed with information. And I'm going to be adding recipes to that ebook in the future. So even if you purchase it now, later on, when it gets updated, you'll get the updated version with all those recipes for free. You don't have to pay anything more. Yeah. The other thing is that parrots are not really great pets. And I've talked about this a little bit recently, too. We love them because they're so cool and they're talkative and they have fun personalities and they're social and they're colorful and they fly and this and that. That, and they're so cute and funny but they are at the end of the day wild animals and they have wild instincts dogs are quite different they have you know the term around them a man's best friend or a woman's best friend because they are and they've just become like very people oriented animals and they're just really great companions for humans Even cats are. And, but still, a lot of cats have a lot of wild instincts. And I see cats roaming around outside everywhere I go. So, You know, we need to remember that parrots are wild and they have wild instincts and they require really a specialized diet and specialized care and a lot of like understanding when it comes to their behaviors and their sounds and their body language and their needs. So, yeah, when it comes to biting, diet is something you need to look at and proper handling looking at bonding techniques. Are you training with your bird? Are you providing mental stimulation, foraging opportunities? Do they have enough exercise? Are they getting the opportunity to fly or are their wings clipped? Have they lost trust because of that? So there's so many things to consider and so many factors to look at, but you're going to know best in your situation why your bird is biting or being aggressive towards you. What's your relationship like? What are your interactions like? Are you having positive interactions? Are you feeding seeds and treats or sorry, seeds and nuts as treats Or is that their main diet and they don't have any motivator food to get them to train or behave the way that you want them to? So positive interactions are going to be also really important. Proper handling. What that means is learning your bird's body language and just understanding what their needs and their wants are, their moods, their behaviors. Like right now, Mia is on my shoulder. She's perched up, she's sleeping, and she's really happy and content. And I can tell that by her body language. I can tell that she's sleepy because she's been really dozing off. And as soon as she gets sleepy and she's out and about, then she always comes and perches up on my shoulder. She especially loves when I'm talking. I don't know if my voice is just soothing for her, but I've learned to recognize her different body languages and understanding like when she's in a mood I can tell when she's hormonal and all of these different things I know how to handle her and what to do and what to not do so for example you'll see her in my hand a lot she likes to be held like in this c position where she's kind of like cupped in my hand and that is something that she goes and does on her own or it's very easy for me to transition into that with her when she's in the mood for it. You never want to grab your bird. That would be improper handling. And that is one great way to lose trust with your bird. So just really learning how to handle your bird is also going to be essential. And then focusing on bonding tips and You know, that's going to include things like training with your bird and building that trust with your bird and letting them hear your voice and talking to them in a soothing way and not using punishment because punishment doesn't work on birds. So it's just all of these different things. And I have lots of free resources to help you dive a little bit deeper into that. But Some other ways that I also build trust with Mia is, you know, I prepare, I share my food with her and prepare her salads every morning. So we kind of have breakfast together. I include her in my routine. I also create foraging opportunities for her on a daily basis and just all of these different things really add up and make a huge difference in the relationship that you have with your bird especially in the long run, because they are rehomed quite often. And the number one reason is behaviors And it's usually aggression and biting. And this is common with birds, especially when their diet is off, they're not handled properly. They don't have any enrichment. They don't have enough space. They're bored. They don't have any toys. That's another thing is making sure you've got the space in your home, but also like an aviary or a cage that's going to be appropriately sized with correct bar spacing. And I always say the bigger, the better. And having Lots of things to do in that cage so that they do like going in there or being in there and spending time in there. I always think of Mia's aviary as like her little condo or her little bedroom, just like kids have their own bedrooms and they've got their toys and all their things in there. It's the same thing when it comes to your bird room or your bird aviary or your bird cage or whatever you have accessible to you um that's where you want your bird to have things to do, food to eat, water to drink, toys to play with, foraging enrichment, places to nap, places to perch, and even have them by the window sometimes or get some sunshine so that they can observe and watch what's going on outside. That's also something that would be entertaining for them. And yeah, So the next common question that I've been getting is what dimensions are your cages? So I got the Montana cage and that's by Montana cages. And we specifically have the Montana Madeira edition three in the lighter color and I'm just looking up the measurements here. They are 96 centimeters by 58 centimeters by 167 centimeters. So that is the size of her current cage. The interior height is 101 centimeters. The bar spacing is 10 millimeters and the bar thickness is two millimeters. And yeah, that is the size. So It's a pretty big cage for her. She loves it. She has enough space to frolic and flap her wings and play with her toys. And she seems to really enjoy it. But in the future, of course, I want to get her a bigger one that's double, if not triple, the size of this one. Triple would be ideal. So that's it for today. I've covered the most common questions I've gotten in the last few weeks. If you have any more questions, you can feel free to send me a DM on Instagram, leave a comment on YouTube, or even send us an email. I'm your host, Sandra, for the Parrot Podcast by Poodles and Parrots, and we'll see you in the next episode.